Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson, and it's so great to have you here with us on today's show. Hope that you're doing well on Tuesday, January 10th, 2022. One day closer to another Duke men's basketball game when the Blue Devils will take on Pitt from inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast for free wherever you get your podcast each and every weekday. We've got a brand new episode talking about things going on in the life of Duke Athletics, and I want you to be a part of our journey. You can watch the show on YouTube as well each and every day as we continue to climb towards that big goal. 1,000 subscribers is going to do so much for the life of Duke uh, Locked On Blue Devils, so please be sure to support us that way. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and you can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Without further ado, let me bring on my good buddy today from Duke Football Talks, Section 17 podcast, Josh Cox is now here with us. Josh got to see another Duke men's basketball win over the weekend, uh, which certainly is better than the result we saw midweek last week. Hope you're doing well, my friend. Uh, yes, sir. JJ had a good weekend, man. Thanks for having me on. And yeah, we uh, we eked one out uh, Saturday in Chestnut Hill. Yeah, not, not, uh, not the best of showing from Duke. They defeated Boston College by 16 points at home, but uh, going to BC in Chestnut Hill, only able to walk away with a one-point victory. I, I got to go back to Wednesday, though. I mean, six days ago, the Stukeman's basketball team was blown off the floor, 84-60 the final score for the Blue Devils against NC State. What did you think went wrong in Raleigh? You know, I mean, it seems like every couple of years we have a game where we literally no show. I mean, the big one that we that many Duke fans remember is back in 2009, we go to Clemson and we get absolutely just blown off the court. The same thing, it was like we were never there. And so this happens NC State as we spoke about last week, we mentioned NC State has a a, a seems like an ability to just play up especially at home, you know, when they're playing Duke. Um, and, and they did that and, and give them credit. So everything went wrong. Everything went wrong. Nothing went right. The, the finger was on the panic button, right? Yeah. Finger was on the panic button. We go to BC Saturday. I know we're going to talk about it. For a second there, with about a, under a minute to go, the finger got put right back on that panic button. And then, fortunately, <laughs> we were able to pull it back just a tad. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the, the game in Raleigh was just – I mean, it's just everything you think a Duke-NC State game in Raleigh is going to be, it just – Unfortunately, it all happened, and so we came out the big loser in that game for sure. So Jeremy Roach does not play on Saturday against Boston College after that game against NC State. He's already been ruled out by head coach John Shire, likely for this game tomorrow against Pitt to really make sure after re-aggravating that toe injury that Roach is in a good spot, Uh, and that could be a better thing for Duke, having guys step up on the floor. Jeremy Roach's analytics haven't been the best on the defensive side of the floor, and we could touch on that a little bit later uh, in the program today. But but what did you think of Duke's play? Only eight guys saw the floor in the game against Boston College, but all in all to be able to walk away with a victory like they were. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to either take that NC State game and you're going to build upon it 
uh, in a negative way, and you're going to let it get you down, and you're going to lose this game at Boston College, or you're going to come and you're going to win the game. And I understand it was ugly. I understand we did a lot of things those last two minutes here in this Boston College game that could have lost us and probably should have lost us the game. But at the end of the day, you came away with a win. As Mark Mitchell said in his postgame comments, I mean, those are games that you grow up, right? Those are games when you're like, man, we made some mistakes, but we ended up eking out the win. And, you know, I do love the fact, and I think we can all take this into perspective. I mean, you had the Dariq Whitehead miss dunk, and he's laughing because it's funny. And he's making joke, even on Twitter, somebody hit him up on Twitter, kind of clowning about his dunk, and he – he quotes me it. So at the end of the day, it's like, okay, this is January. This is Duke basketball. Is this uncommon? Really? Right. Right? Is it really uncommon for Duke to come in uh, to January and struggle for a couple of weeks? No, it's not uncommon. Can we, can we, can we chill with the John Shire talk? Like Mike Krzyzewski struggled in January at Duke many, many years. So, you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it, it, the game is what it was. We got the win. I'd much rather win that game than lose that game. Let's move on. You know, as far as if you're the team. It's so hard to win in college basketball, right? And and Mike Krzyzewski is the greatest coach uh, to ever walk up and down a sideline. He was there for 42 seasons and only won five national championships at the end of the day, which is absurd to think about any coach doing that. But I think more so that shows uh, that you can't just win each and every year. This Duke team very well could prove us wrong and win a national championship in John Shire's first season. But all in all, it's really, really difficult night in, night out to be on your A game and that sort of thing. And uh, Duke is still in a way better spot than many other programs should be. And I'm right there with you, Josh. Give up on the let's get rid of John Shire conversation already because there's just no merit there whatsoever. None, none. We're, we're seeing before the season started, every single Duke fan was like, hey, we got to be patient with this team. It's going to be a first year head coach. We got all these freshmen, only one returner that actually played minutes. And here we are the first week of January and we got people freaking out. It's like, guys and ladies, chill. Like, it's OK. Like, we literally said that. What do we have now? Is it three losses or four? I think it's four, four losses. Twelve four, four losses. We're OK. <laughs> it's all good. I mean, people are freaking out after the NC State game, talking about are we going to make the tournament or not. It's like, guys, we're in the first week of January. We had four losses. It's okay. Like, anyway, uh, the overreaction, it, it is a Duke fan specialty. And uh, it, I will say this as I cover a lot of Duke football. It crosses over. Duke football fan base and Duke basketball fan base, we are the overreaction kings positively and negatively. So. It's not something we want to be yet. No, we it just are. is. We, we, we just, it is what it is. Uh, tons of overreaction and that sort of thing. Let's talk about the Stoop team specifically, some of the individual numbers that have stood mm-hmm. out thus far, and we'll do that after our first time out here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. Lockdown Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know that my goal, like so many others, is to eat a little bit healthier this year. If you're like me, when you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then, man, it's it's just hard to find the right things. Well, I have found the right thing, and it's Built Bar. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. The flavors are so good. They come in flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and so much more. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar, a whopping 17 grams of protein. you got to make sure that you try this out. Go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCKEDON 
for all of the goodness that you want to have in your year here in 2023. Again, built.com. Try our friends at Built Bar. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, I'm JJ Jackson alongside my pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. So, Josh, buddy, let's take a look at some of these individual numbers for Duke so far this season. Uh, and to no one's surprise, Kyle Filipowski remains that top scorer for the Blue Devils, leading the way with 13.9 points per game. He's dropped off a little bit compared to where he was uh, a few weeks ago. But nonetheless, uh, he's been very consistent for the large part of the season so far for Duke. And what's been different this year compared to some of the years in the past He's leading the team with only 14 points per game when Duke has been known to having one or two guys 18, 20 points a night, that sort of thing. So pretty evenly distributed when you look at those scoring numbers. Yeah, I mean, and listen, Filipowski has not played well in the last few games. We all, know, we, we all see that. It's his freshman season. But let's not forget, it wasn't a month ago that we were having literal talks of like, this guy reminds us of Christian Leitner, right? And I'm sure, and I've not done this, but I'm sure if we go back and we look at the 1988-89 Duke basketball team or whatever that, that freshman season was for Christian Leitner, I guarantee you in December and, and January we're probably going to see a few games where he doesn't show up and score his 18 points a game, right? He's a freshman. It's okay. i tell you what I love about Filipowski, J.J., and that is even in this game at Boston College that, we're, that we've been speaking about, he did not shoot the ball. Well, it was only five for 14 from the field, but he was five for five from the free, free throw line. And he made the two most critical free throws in the entire game with under a minute to play, nailed the two free throws, ice in his, in his, in his veins. So at the end of the day, Filipowski is still the player that he was earlier on in the season. Duke fans, once again, let's be patient. Let's let this guy work back. He is an incredible basketball player, and he will be back to that that early season form. Uh, I have no no doubts, and so kudos to him. Uh, just a great a great sign by Shire and, and and the coaching staff, and he's more than living up to the hype. Because you want to see him continue to play like he was at the start of the year, but do understand that uh, teams now have scouting reports, right, in, in order to kind of limit what he's been able to do and that sort of thing. And when we're talking about a player like Kyle Filipowski, let's not forget the freshman records that he's setting with the double-doubles coming out of the gates and that sort of thing. I mean, he's been really productive. And rebounding the basketball has been one of the biggest strengths for Duke. Ryan Young gets a lot of praise, and deservedly so, with what he's been able to do on the glass. But Filipowski, you could see it there. He leads the team with that 8.6 rebounding mark. So uh, really impressive to see those rebounding numbers as well for Filipowski's game. Yeah, I mean, you watch the guy play, and and maybe this is potential uh, for him to get even better, but it's almost like when he decides to go get the rebound, he's going to get it. At the end of the game, at the Boston College game, there were a couple of big possessions, a couple of loose balls and rebounds bouncing around. And Filipowski was going to get there. He was he was going to get there. So you almost wonder if he can really channel that energy, um, you know, more consistently yeah. throughout the game. His numbers could improve even more. And I'm sure we're getting there. But, like, he's not just a guy who, who's concerned about scoring and rebounding. But he, loves, he, he seems to enjoy playing defense. And so, obviously, with Duke playing big, it means that Kyle has to guard sometimes those wings. And he's done a great job. Like, I can't say enough good things about Filipowski. Yes, I understand the struggles. It's fine. 18, 19-year-old kid. He's going to struggle. Like, overall, 
man, this guy has been better than advertised. Josh, where are you at right now with Dariq Whitehead? Back-to-back oh. games making four-point, three-point makes, uh, really doing a good job. i tell you where I am. If I'm not, like, like captaining the bandwagon, I'm in the front row <laughs> yeah. of the bandwagon. Okay. This, this is what I think, JJ, and you can, you can disagree with me here, and it's, it's okay. I believe if Duke is going to make a run in the postseason, Right. If we're really going to make some noise in the NCAA tournament. Now, we may not. Right. We may not. We may be a, a second round you know, out. I'm not sure what's going to happen between now and then. But if we're going to make a run in the tournament, it is going to be because Derek Whitehead becomes more of a focal point of our offense. Uh, you see it now in these last couple of games, three games, four games. He's got that kind of clutch gene to him. Like he wants to take that big three. He doesn't mind having the ball uh, in key moments. It would be interesting, and I believe we're going to see more of this as he as he gets better. Actually, having offensive sets that are run to get him open in space and get him isolations on the wing. Right now, he's scoring the basketball, and let's be honest, JJ, the majority of Duke's sets are either that ridiculous high horns set that I thought we were going to retire with Coach K, or it's running some sort of motion to get either Ryan Young or Filipowski a touch in the post. And yeah. we're not running anything for Dariq. And he's had the games that he's had recently. If we can start running some things for Dariq, getting him the ball in his hands where he likes to score, man, the ceiling is very high for Dariq Whitehead. And, you know, we heard a lot about Dariq in the in the uh, his high school play. So he was being recruited. And we were just kind of waiting around, right? And, honestly, I was kind of getting tired of the whole he's still working himself back. It's like, man, he's been working himself back now for two months. <laughs> but, truthfully, it's almost like he needed it because he's a, he's been a different basketball player uh, since we've come back from that break. Yeah, we had a, a Connor O'Neill on the program yesterday from Devils Illustrated who had a remarkable profile story that I want people to go find again, duke.rivals.com. Uh, Dariq Whitehead basically heard from his Aunt Mercedes who told him, you can't be hurt anymore. That's no longer an excuse. Get that entirely out of your mind. Just go play basketball and don't think about the injuries that you're overcoming and that sort of thing. I think we all need an Aunt Mercedes in our life. <laughs> and I think that Duke basketball fans need to uh, kind of um, contend- champion what Aunt Mercedes was saying and, and want Derek to go out there and do what he can do. I mean, no, that sounds like I'm Aunt Mercedes. I, I'm a pastor. I need to come have her speak to my congregation. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that. Everybody yeah. needs a little pep talk like that every Amen. now and then. But Amen. I love it. I love it, man. But, yeah, I'm on the Derek bandwagon. I think, I think Duke will be at its best when – Honestly, when Kyle Filipowski and Derek Whitehead are probably our two leading scorers. I mean, if you, if you really look at it that way, I think we'll be at our best in that situation. Let's take our last break of today's show, and we'll continue our conversation right after this. Locked on Blue Devils here today. We do want to tell you about our new show here on the network, Locked on College Basketball. Make sure you check out this brand-new podcast each and every day. Isaac Shade and Andy Patton do a remarkable job giving everything that you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you can hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Moving forward here on today's episode of Locked on Blue Devils, I'm J.J. Jackson alongside my buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 Podcast. So, Josh, I got to know, tell me a little bit about the podcast for folks who might not be aware of it. Well, yeah, we are a football forward podcast for Duke. 
I personally love talking Duke basketball, as you can tell. Yes. Uh, but uh, as a podcast, we don't really acknowledge the fact that Duke has a basketball program. We are football only. So if you are a Duke football fan, or maybe you're a Duke basketball fan, and you, you would consider yourself like a casual Duke football fan, uh, if you'd like to learn more about the program and kind of see it on a deeper level, we try to bring a unique perspective to the Duke football program. We are media credentialed, so we have some behind-the-scenes access. Uh, so you have Connor on on your show. Uh, can, we see Connor all the time uh, surrounding Duke football as well. We get some unique access there, and then we try to bring it to you from a fan-forward perspective. And so DukeFootballTalk.com is our website. At DukeFBTalk is our Twitter handle. Uh, but we love to interact, um, and we're growing and uh, heading heading to YouTube next year. If you're if you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see my you can call it my Garth Brooks, you can call it my Britney Spears. I'm not sure what you want to call it, but my wife, I'm using her equipment. She works from home, and evidently she's a truck driver. I didn't know that, but I'm, I'm using the truck driver gear. But we're going to be on That's YouTube awesome. next year, Duke Football Talk. So thanks, JJ, for, for letting me plug that. Absolutely. Be sure to check it out. They do a remarkable job with that show. So I want to talk a little bit more about this Duke team so far this season and taking a look at some of these numbers. Once again, you mentioned Connor O'Neill was on yesterday's show. I'd like to – let people know again that our buddy Jason Jordan, the director of college basketball recruiting for Sports Illustrated and the Locked On's Recruiting Insider is on the show tomorrow. And for this Duke basketball team, it's actually been two of the least recruited guys, the least heralded guys coming into the year. When you talk about Ryan Young, the Northwestern transfer, and then Jalen Blakes, both with their you know counting stats and then the deep analytics have really been impressed with what they've done this season. I mean – it's it's remarkable. So when when we heard Ryan Young was coming, right, the Duke fans were like, "Oh, Ryan Young is this year's Theo John." Right. And and there's this is nothing against Theo John. We had no idea we were getting like a, a miniature like Jokic <laughs> slash forty five year old YMCA basketball player yeah. that has like these weird pump fakes and. <laughs> He like looks like he travels every possession. Thank but he you. Doesn't. I was wondering if anybody else noticed that. I'm like, surely that's a travel. And I mean, it looks like <laughs> it. And I'm surprised he doesn't get called more for it, but he's really good. He seems to be like a really incredible teammate. You know, I, I'm I'm a I'm a former coach, and so I look at the little things. Like, okay, for instance, when there's a dead ball before free throw, who was the one who's bringing the guys together in the little huddle? It's him. Okay, here's here's one. This is a, this is a big Duke one. When it's an under 16, under 12, under 8, under 4 timeout, who notices it first and gets the team over to the huddle quick, the quickest? He's that kind of guy. Like, he's like a coach on the court. And then he's super efficient. I mean, you know, I, 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 I'm blown away by his numbers. Uh, what is his offensive splits? He is plus – 9.3 on the offensive end and defensively where you would think he would struggle because he does not possess the athleticism, especially of like a guy like Derek Lively. Yeah. But he doesn't possess that athleticism. His defensive splits, he's a, he's a plus 5.6, giving him a total margin splits of 15 points. We're 15 points better with him on the court. Crazy. And then Jalen Blakes is next at 14.4. We are 11.2 points better. When Jalen Wicks is on the court. Crazy. Defensively. Crazy. So Good. I can't say enough. I can't listen. I can't say enough about it. I'm all for the freshmen. I understand that's the reality that we're in. I think 
Coach Shire's trying to do some things to help that by bringing in some guys like Jaden Shoot and some guys that we think will be around for a couple of years. But at the end of the day, you're going to win in that grad transfer portal. You're going to go over the. You're going to get over the top by recruiting a guy like Jalen Blakes. You know, like a Jordan Goldwire, as we've had in the past. Those are going to be the kind of guys that are going to be the difference makers if you're going to win in March and April. Uh, junior captain Jeremy Roach likely to be out for a little bit. We know that he will not play tomorrow against Pitt. Saturday at Clemson, a full week off for Duke. Saturday, January 21st. Then they'll play Miami. Then Virginia Tech. Georgia Tech on the road. And before you know it, we'll be getting closer to the North Carolina game, uh, the first one being played at UNC this season. So with that being said, with Roach out of the lineup, we mentioned a guard in Jalen Blakes. But also there's Tyrese Proctor, the freshman. How do we get more out of Proctor going forward? Well, I mean, he got the keys uh, at Boston College. Um, yeah, he was handed the keys. And, and I thought he did well. I really did. I thought he did well. I will say this about Tyrese Proctor. There are things Tyrese Proctor can do on the basketball court that nobody else on our roster can do. Now, I understand with that comes he turns the ball over some and he's still trying to, the, he's still trying to catch up to the game a little bit, I feel. Um, but I think Tyrese Proctor is going to have to be that guy that's steady when he has the ball in his hand. Uh, he's got to get better and not turning the ball over because at the end of the day, he's got to be the guy that we feel comfortable with the ball in his hand. Because as you mentioned, Jeremy Roach's injury, honestly, man, when he, when he first messed that toe up back a couple months ago, six weeks ago, or however long it was, I was like, man, like, I wonder if that's going to become like a thing. And it has. And so I hope for Jeremy's sake and for the sake of the team that they really let this thing heal and they don't try to bring him back before it is actually healed, because I think it really affected his play. Jeremy kind of reverted back into like old Jeremy Roach play. You know what I mean? I, I felt like it yeah. just affected everything. And so and it's, it's important for Tyrese to play well during the stretch. Sure. We have Jalen Blakes, but I listen, I, as much as I love Jalen Blakes and his numbers are incredible, as we just pointed out uh, when he has the ball and he's running the offense, I'm still a little, still a little nervous, right? I'm not, I'm not confident uh, when Jalen Blakes is running the offense. He is a kind of off-the-ball guy, junkyard dog, play the dirty role, do whatever he needs to do. I don't feel comfortable with Jalen Blakes coming up against pressure and getting us into our offensive sets. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like, that's why Tyrese Pryder is so important because I believe at the end of the day, it's going to have to be him. And then I think Derek, uh, may you may start seeing a little bit more like Wendell Moore, Derek Whitehead, like having the ball in his hands a little bit more. Uh, running the offense but obviously you know to answer the question about Tyrese he's super important I, I would love for his three-point shot to start falling because I think I'll open up so much more for him yeah it's it's really struggling right now 24 yeah. percent from three for Tyrese Proctor 87 percent from the free throw line which is a good number I know it just doesn't make sense does it it doesn't it doesn't add up gotta see it improve all right Pitt tomorrow and then Clemson mm. coming up this weekend um, all in all, Josh, I, I guess as we close here, it's just got to be a pivotal week coming up for Duke men's basketball. Who would have thought <laughs> that we would sit here in January and go, the two leading teams yeah. in the ACC were playing. They just four and O Pitt. Yeah. Jeff Capel, shout out to Jeff Capel. People were saying he was on the hot seat heading into this season, um, questioning a lot of the things that were going on there. And so far, He's done. He's done well. 
Uh, yeah. So that's going to be a really big game. Obviously, I also home loved, game. you know, it's it's Pitt and Clemson this past weekend. They were the lone unbeaten teams in conference play. Big time matchup, and it delivered. Right, Clemson yep. only won by one point, seventy five, seventy four. And so Duke has got to get to play both of those teams this week. Yeah, and, and, and it's our chance to prove ourselves. Not listen if we go one and one, or even if we go zero and two. I'm, I'm not jumping. I'm not going crazy. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to jump in anything. But these are two good basketball teams. But let's face it. Duke is the most talent will be the most talented team on the court in both of those games. And so it's time for John Shire and the coaching staff to light a fire into these boys. And they need to come out and play a good, a good, a good two halves of basketball. And we can take care of business. Josh, it's great to see you as always. Thanks again for coming on the podcast today. JJ, have a great day, man. We'll see you. That's my good pal, Josh Cox from Duke football talks, section 17 podcast, joining us on the show here. And as always, we want you to continue the work that they've got and support the work They're at the Section 17 Podcast. Leave them a five-star rating and written review. Subscribe to Locked On Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Twitter as well at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Subscribe and watch the show on YouTube each and every day. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.